Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts... Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one. Okay, we are back. Another day full of real estate related news that we're going to share with all you guys. And then Julie has got a really great outline she worked on that is about mortgage financing in this market. Because whether you know knew it or not, or you will know soon that pretty much everything that you've come to expect in the mortgage markets is, of course, changing. Because one thing banks love to do is they love to make your life more complicated. So we're going to be talking about all of that today. Before we get to the first news headline, which Miss Julie has at the ready, mm-hmm. I want to remind all of you who have not yet joined our free coaching program to go ahead and text the word SURVIVAL to 31996. Text the word SURVIVAL to 31996. And when you do, you're going to be given free access to our daily, or I'm sorry, our, our free coaching program, which includes a daily coaching call. And the daily coaching call actually happens at, what time does it happen? Uh, 1230 uh, East Coast, um, every single day of the week except Saturday and Sunday. And this is a free coaching program. Um, it's not our normal premier coaching program. So premier coaching members realize that this is a mere sampling of what you're receiving. But at the end of the day, we're trying to help as many agents as we can. But also contained therein is all of the information that we've been telling you guys endlessly about the SBA Disaster Relief Fund, the SBA PPP, um, the forbearances, the stimulus packages, how to get unemployment. All that is part of that free coaching program. So just text the word SURVIVAL to 31996. All right, Julie, let's get to the headlines that most grabbed your attention today. Well, okay. So just one little thing that is related to our past podcast about the payroll protection program. We were talking about how that is a forgiven loan, but I have a little bit more detail specifically how the forgiveness works. Okay. So a couple of items there for those of you who are pursuing that PPP through the SBA. Uh, Be prepared to prove that your business was operational on February 15th, 2020, and that you had employees, even if that's you, and the amount of your average monthly payroll costs following instructions on the form. So they're they're giving you a little inkling of the fact you might have to have a little bit of paperwork. But uh, the other thing is, in order for you to actually get forgiveness, it's on you. Here's how that goes. You must request forgiveness of your loan from your lender in writing. Your request should document the number of employees, again, including you, pay rates, your payments uh, on an eligible mortgage or lease and utility payments, and the lender has 60 days to reply. So they're not just going to email you and say all is forgiven. You've got to actually send something at the end of uh, the period asking for that and sending a little bit of documentation. No big deal, but you need to know it. All right, so from the headlines, and we've got a couple that we're going to feature. Um, So I'm just going to give you guys some that I picked up from around uh, the interwebs. And obviously, you want to check it, timandjulieharris.com, because our staff reporters are writing new articles every single day as pertains to this historical event that we're all living through. Goldman Sachs sees advanced economies shrinking 35% amid pandemic. And here's another headline. Bank of America poll shows extreme investor pessimism with cash at 9-11 high. In other words, basically people are going to cash. Um, and there's other headlines, and there's two in particular that I'm hoping Julie is prepared to share with you in your, you in your chat. I'll yes. get it. Are you talking about the IMF deal? Yeah. Okay. 
So the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, says the world will, quote, be very likely to experience the worst recession since the 1930s. So they're talking about an, a global economy contraction by 3% this year and a partial recovery next year. But it says very likely the economy will experience its worst recession since the Great Depression, surpassing that seen during the global financial crisis a decade ago. All right, so then they talk about the impact of what's going on with the virus and what the timing might be like that. But uh, let's see, lots about global trade, well, Eurozone. And there's, the, there's yeah. a couple others I sent to you. Mm-hmm. But, but I'll give you guys a, a roundabout um, summary of what essentially everyone's reporting on because they're all saying the same thing, just sort of using different bits of information. And this should maybe be your working bit of information when you're trying to do your own forecasting. There is going to be no real meaningful recovery until there's a vaccine. And I have just, Julian, I've thought about this endlessly. We've talked to a lot of really smart people. We've been reading constantly. And it just makes sense that until people feel completely confident that there's a actual vaccine and then people are, you know, using it, that they're not going to feel comfortable spending money in a meaningful way. And that includes real estate because people are going to be, they're going to be, there's going to be a fair amount of PTSD after this initial, you know, surge of lockdown and whatnot. But even if with stimulus money, even with, you know, disaster relief money, even with all that, people are going to be telling themselves and logically so, by the way, that there's a really good chance that the virus is going to come back. And if the virus is going to come back, the last thing they're going to do is spend all their money because there's going to be no guarantee of more stimulus money. You guys get what I'm saying here? Yes. So you're going to see a lot of delayed purchases. You're going to see a lot of people just not purchase. The delayed purchase uh, businesses, like say, for example, real estate or cars, delayed purchases means they're going to buy tomorrow, which is going to lead to what feels like a boom. And I'm, we're going to cover that real quick. But for the there's other businesses, most businesses, you know, hairstylists, you know, all the service oh, businesses. Tim, I was just talking, sorry to interrupt you, but I was just yep. speaking with one of our great coaching clients in Manhattan, and she was talking about the fact that even if they turned the lights back on tomorrow and tried to flip that switch, how many people are going to be anxious to see a Broadway show and sit that close to anybody else? It's not going to happen. How many people are going to go to a crowded restaurant or bar, even if they're allowed to? So that, those were some of her concerns. Well, but here's the, yeah. I was talking with a, you know, a coaching client right mm-hmm. prior to the podcast and very smart guy. And I was asking him, I said, explain to me mm-hmm. how they can reopen the country in any right. meaningful way. And then I, you know, if you go back four weeks, guys, really more than that now, if you go back to the beginning of March and they were talking about having a, you know, a virus outbreak at, and, and an old folks home basically in uh, Washington state, you guys remember that? And then there was one in New York. And then the rest of the country was like, yeah, you know, whatever. And then what was it? Three weeks later, the whole country was basically in a pandemic. Do you guys remember how fast that traveled? Now, that was started in essence uh, in meaningful ways on the two coasts. But now there's going to be little hot spots of this virus all over the country. There is no day until there's a vaccine when the virus is gone. And we saw how fast it spread starting on the coasts in essence. But now what we're going to see is if the virus is all over the country, which it still will be, there's still going to be, you know, here in Puerto Rico, I'm sure this virus is not going to go away. It might not be 
on a well, and, and, you know, we're pretty isolated out here in the Caribbean, and we yeah. still had to deal with it. Why? Yeah. Because of planes and ships That's and right. ports the and global economies. Things. But the, the yeah. moral of the story is, is that it's everybody is going to essentially be doing social distancing. It's going to be doing some sort of isolation. It, everything's going to be weird. Like we've been saying, the new normal is uh, abnormal, and that's the way it's going to feel until there's a vaccine. And even after that, it's going to feel abnormal for economic reasons. So this pandemic is going to lead to what's going to feel like an economic plague for a lot of people. Now, as we've been saying every day on the show, that doesn't necessarily mean you. If you basically are willing to learn and do the things that other people aren't willing to do, whatever happens and comes our way in the economy and whatnot, you're going to be equipped for it. But for a vast majority of people, they're going to lose jobs, have lost jobs, and they're not going to get those jobs back. And their whole lives are going to have to be recreated. This is just an unfortunate truth. And by the way, in history, this type of exact occurrence happens about every 75 to 100 years. And, um, you know, we can, we, can, we can guess about the, what comes next. And maybe we'll do that on a future podcast. But for the sake of now, here's what's relevant. We're going to be in this weird, you know, space, mentally, emotionally, everything else, until there's a vaccine. And once there's a vaccine, we're predicting that there's going to be what feels like a crazy boom. And all asset prices, real estate, cars, anything that people can put money into, um, they're going to. And you're going to see an absolute enormous uh, increase in the cost of real estate. And here's the simple reason why. The trillions, well, first of all, there's going to be pent up demand. Second of all, there's going to be what feels like frugality fatigue. And, and, you know, people are going to be sick of not, you know, they want to go out and spend money and enjoy life and all the things that people say. But the biggest reason is, is because everybody's going to have easy access to credit and money. And the Fed is not going to do anything to slow that down. They've made that very clear. And so people who know, may, maybe couldn't purchase before or upgrade before, I'm talking about housing here, they're going to. How long that, that boom lasts is hard to say. What happens between now and that boom is very easy to predict. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be forced to sell their houses because they're going to be thin on cash. There's going to be a lot of things that are, you know, we're going to talk about, like I promised you guys um, on upcoming shows about where, in essence, the world's going to feel not quite like it did after the housing crash with the real estate full of distress, but very similar. Um, the things that will be hedging that off are obviously going to be mortgage forbearances and things like that. So you guys got to stay tuned, stay close, and understand anyone that tells you with you know 100% certainty what's going to happen next is lying to you. And also, you got to accept the fact and you know embrace the fact that this is an opportunity for you to really become the best version of yourself as a real estate professional. In order for you to do that, you're going to have to essentially do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Stop waiting for things to return to what felt like normal. And that means essentially everything that you've been doing in your real estate business to generate leads over the last 10, maybe even 15 years is essentially obsolete. That's okay. You have the capacity to learn more. All right. Make sure you text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. All right, let's talk about mortgages, Julia. Yes, okay, so some very uh, important points here. Number one, J.P. Morgan Chase, as well as many other big lenders, so that's also Chase Home Lending, has said specifically, no more loans for you unless you have a minimum credit score of 700 and a minimum of 20% down. Standard issue, 700 and 20% down. Why? Because the banks are feeling a liquidity crunch given all of these special programs and forbearances and stuff that's going on, a lack of liquidity equals tighter standards for all of you doing new deals. Okay, so you have to know about this. Now, 
In addition to that, this is a fun one, self-employed people must prove their business exists 10 days before closing. Lenders are checking. It used to be 120 days or 90 days, okay? So you thought you had underwriting woes before. Wait till they start checking the health of self-employed businesses. Now, what's a self-employed business? You know, that's a pretty broad spectrum. I would expect them to be applying that to normal jobs as well. This is one of those lender overlay types of things. It's not just Chase. Uh, Wells Fargo has said things like they're no longer buying any jumbos. So that's, go ahead, Tim. So no, it's, that, I mean, this is all valid. And the reason that the banks are raising credit standards, frankly, is because <laughs> they're terrified of the missed payments. So all these people doing forbearances, the increase in the number of people not making mortgage payments uh, is just essentially has happened. What took three years as far as missed payments, uh, even though these are forbearances where they're given permission, missed payments, it's happened in something like three weeks. Well, it still means the bank's not got the money coming in. Right. The bank's not got the money coming in from servicing and they still have their obligations. And so what the lenders are doing is they're saying until we get some sort of formalized bailout, we're A, not going to have a, you know, a uniform way of offering forbearances and B, we're not going to do as much lending. And they're obviously, in my opinion, trying to leverage the government into some sort of bailout, which inevitably sure. will happen probably today or tomorrow. But until that happens, two things. One, there is no uniform forbearance, but for the most part, it's pretty consistent. And two, you're going to see a lot of these lenders are going to raise their credits and their down payments and all the rest of it. But And these are all called lender overlays. And the other thing the lenders are going to do, as Julie just said, they're going to start looking real carefully at what you consider to be employment. And if you are, and as unfortunately going to be up towards maybe 30%, but realistically 20% of America unemployed, and you think you're going to be getting a mortgage, you're not going to be getting a mortgage. The buyers you're working with right now might be spending their down payment money to make ends meet. You understanding what I'm saying? People with equity in their homes that don't have money coming in, Maybe they're not officially unemployed, but they're just not making the same amount of money. They might be using HELOCs, which in essence means they're spending what would have otherwise been the down payment on their next house. Well, and there's also a race to refi for people like that and to take some of that equity out. So um, asset verification. We talked about verifying employment or verifying the business. Asset verification has to be dated within 60 days of closing. That also used to be acceptable 90 or 120 days out. So asset verification could be things like down payment verification. That is a direct result of the stock market fluctuation. Okay, so they're getting nervous about that. Where's your money actually coming from? Why do you care? You care with the buy for yourself, of course, if you're in any of these situations. You care because you've got to find out what's the skinny on those buyers that are in contract on your listings. And of course, if you're representing buyers and you think you've got a closing and they think they've got a closing in you know, 45 or 60, 90 days, you better have them uh, be aware that everything's going to be checked and rechecked up to, I, I mean, I think it's going to be even less than 10 days before closing, probably when we get through this. So the conforming loans are the easiest. So 20 or 30% down, 700 credit or higher. Those are still going through. Those are still fairly easy, although I would expect closing delays. The hardest thing to do right now is the refi of a jumbo. Um, and then I just mentioned expect uh, longer closing times. Watch your rate locks. So if you've got a really low interest rate locked in in anticipation of a 45-day close, I'll be watching the, those dates and watching that rate and maybe doing some extensions knowing that it's probably going to be delayed. Not every title company and escrow company is able to do a drive-by closing, as it's become known. Okay, so some of them are scrambling to figure out how to do all of their stuff uh, virtually. 
I would expect delays. So those, those are your salient points. So credit scores had to go up a minimum of 20% down. You've got self-employed being checked out extra and then asset verification for everyone and uh, delayed closings. So that's my report from the mortgage front lines. And you know, keep in mind too, that any lender through their, uh, what is it called? Risk management overseers. They all have risk management uh, companies watching what they're lending and what their standards are and what their default rates are. Any lender can basically put you through whatever they feel like. Just because you Googled that it should be fine to be 720% down, doesn't mean that they won't have a rule saying, you know what, if uh, we can't verify your assets are in existence to this level, that guess what, you have to put 30% down now. We're going to see that. So why are we telling you guys all this? Obviously, it's relevant to anything you have in contract because you could have a buyer who you thought was solid and now they're not because they don't meet the necessarily the overlays the lenders are putting in place. And yes, they're putting them in place on existing deals. Okay, They're entitled to do that up until the day of closing and they will. You're going to see a lot of folks, a lot of agents who frankly um, don't know how to um, you know, deep dive into the lender's process to find out what's truly going on. Julie and I, years ago, and we update this constantly, wrote something called the ult- was it ultimate addendum. What's it called? Yes, it's, it's right there for our coaching clients. It's yeah, on coaching the clients, you yep. need to log in. And there's something called the ultimate addendum. And, and I'll tell you the true story how we created this. <laughs> Back when Julie and I were selling real estate, when we are, this is like a long time ago, <laughs> and we were in our early 20s. It was our second year in business. And uh, our first year in business, we sold over 100 houses. All right, and every year after that, we sold between 100 and 200 houses. We did that for almost 10 years. All right. Our second year in business, we had this great listing. I remember where it was. It was, was it Westerville or Gahanna? Because it was such a lesson. I think less, it was Westerville. It, it cool. scarred us because yeah. we remember. <laughs> so we, we, got the, we got this great list, a great offer from this um, really, frankly, well-established smart agent um, who sells, Delina Siamaka, who was selling hundreds of houses. She was an absolute monster selling houses so many she would, you know. So we get this so, offer. It was a great offer. Everything was good. Um, and then the offer was not contingent on home sale, but it was contingent on financing. And we accepted it. The seller was happy. Everybody was happy. Well, it turns out, and we got a good lender's letter. Everything looked, you know, all the boxes were checked. We were new agents. And it we, was from a very experienced agent. That's I mean, right. Nothing to worry about as far as we knew. Okay. So here's the little punchline. The lender's letter um, you know, it read all the right things. This is before we knew that you need to look for for, uh, terms like verification of and, you know, all the little letters, all the little lender letters and lender terminology, they've got built-in hedges. In other words, they're adding to these lender letters and they always have done this, little things to compensate for the fact that they really haven't verified the anything on the behalf of the borrower because borrowers don't get verified really until the house is in contract. So she brought a buyer to a house the lender hadn't done any verifications at all, employment, down payments, whatever. So lender letters, bottom line, are mostly garbage. That's the reason we ended up writing this ultimate real estate addendum, to make it so lenders have to uh, actually do a thorough job. And, and this is good for you if you're working with buyers, and this is also good if you're accepting an offer from another agent. So the, she ends up making this offer. Lender's letter we thought was fine, but it turns out the house sale was, or the, the purchase of the property was not contingent on the sale of their home because we wouldn't have taken it, right? Or the, you know, the sellers wouldn't have. But the financing was. And the way she wrote it, or the way the lender wrote it, we never would have picked it out because what they did is they've said, subject to the verification of borrower's down payment. 
They didn't tell us that the down payment had to come from the sale of a property. And at the time, we were too dumb to know that's where it was the down actually, I remember it very... It, it, was, even, it, it was even worse than that because... I don't know if you remember this, but... This was back in the day where you would accept some, you know, like stacked deals. It, it, it wasn't that it was contingent on home sale. We had five deals connected to that, okay? And everybody was contingent on each other's closings. It wasn't that they were waiting for it to sell. They were all in contract. But the final one ended up being kind of secretly contingent on selling a lot. I'm not even sure Delina knew that that was uh, the case, because they were just writing it, you know, I guess that's where the money would come from. And so one thing led to the next. I don't know if you remember this whole deal. I was definitely up to my eyeballs in it at the time. Um, Dominoes. But here's here's the only reason that that closed was because, and I can't remember all the extenuating things, but remember Dr. Pala did a hard money loan to the first buyer in contract on no, that, that whole was, mess? Was that a different you, Yeah, it was thing? a different one, yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. you know, but... Everything closed, let's not, let's, but it was pretty dramatic. Let's stop it trying to remember because we'll start having real estate nights. We're going to have some flashbacks. Yeah, we're going to have some flashbacks. We don't need to subject them we're gonna to We're going to bring our PTSD back. <laughs> no. The point is that now more than ever, you really have to be careful to know all of the facts that come up and bite you in the butt during underwriting. That's the point of the ultimate addendum is it forces the lender to get all of this sorted out way ahead of time like ratios, where's, you know, down payment verification, employment verification, making sure that they're not actually contingent on something else and putting that all in writing. So that's normal and expected, but not for many of you who have just been rolling the dice and everybody was, you know, trekking along nicely with a hot market. You've got to be way more careful now because if you're not and the lenders are, you're going to be real surprised with delays and deals falling apart. And here's the other side of this. If your business has been built predicated on buyers, you're going to have a hard time for the next yeah. probably you know 12 to 18 months. And then it's even going to get worse after that. Our strong suggestion is, while you still have some time in forced quarantine, yeah. you actually finally learn how to be a listing agent. That's what our coaching program is all about. We do, of course, talk about working with buyers, but it is not a focus because at the end of the day, working with buyers is mostly a social skill. It's not a skill skill. It's a physical labor activity and working with sellers is a mental labor activity. And I know virtually all of you listening have never really had listings as a focus. Listings just came or they didn't. You didn't actually build a business based on listings. You just mostly bought buyer leads or in some form or another. Those days are over, never to return. You guys got to be clear about that. For all the reasons that we're stating, and we can pile on more reasons, but let's not do that for the sake of time. Trust your coaches or maybe we're your future coaches that the future for you is going to be being a powerful listing agent. And the faster you get to that acceptance, the faster you're going to be willing to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level and actually learn the skills necessary. That means you're going to have to learn how to have a pre-listing. Well, frankly, you have to proactively lead generate to you know, uh, pre-qualify. You're going to have to learn uh, essentially how to, to present, how to overcome objections, how to deliver a pre-listing pack that essentially all these things, all these things that we teach you that are the core elements of our Premier Coaching Program. If you guys want to learn more about the Premier Coaching Program, if you want to jump to the head of the line because we obviously have lots of people that are joining, um, we've created a shortcut for you. Just text the word education to 31996. Text the word education to 31996. And our coaching program is frankly shockingly affordable and it is something that all of you need to be seriously taking advantage of now because you do have a forced you know, sequester for the next, maybe through the end of May. 
And while you're sitting there and, you know, I mean, there's only so much Netflix and Hulu. Hulu? Did I say it right? Yes, Hulu? that is correct. And by the way, listeners, you realize that Hulu has a lot better stuff than Netflix, but that aside. They uh, probably have known that for a lot longer yeah, than you Yeah, I just have. discovered it. Hulu's got some really great original programming. Anyway, so when you're done watching TV, okay, and you're done checking up on, you know, all the other doom and gloom that's out there, look at this as an opportunity for you to basically learn how to be a listing agent. Pick up the phone. Do the things necessary. And I promise you guys will never have any hardship in your business because no matter what happens to the economy, no matter what happens to the interest rate, whoever the president is, none of those things really are that relevant at, at the end of the day if you know how to go after your listings. It's all the other people and aspects of business that are going to suffer. You don't have to. So I would strongly suggest you use this downtime to actually learn how to be a powerful listing agent. Those of you who are in Premier Coaching, make sure you attend Julie's daily semi-private coaching call. It starts in four minutes. She's actually headed off to her office now. And um, please do attend that call every day. You can get live questions and answers. Um, and uh, yeah, there it is. We just gave you a path forward. So if you want to learn how to be a listing agent, text the word education to 31996. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We're going to continue doing the best job we possibly can, keeping you guys way ahead of the curve as far as information, what you should do next. So you don't just survive this downturn. You thrive through it. And then on the other side of it, you're a, frankly a completely different person and a completely different real estate professional. It's time, don't you think? Have a fantastic day, you guys. Um, and listen to it anyway. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.